This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right now we're going to talk about robots because we all think that we couldn't possibly be replaced day to day in our jobs by a robot. But what happens when you ask a robot to do that? Well, you know, sometimes I do think that ignorance is bliss. That might be the case here. Our next guest did ask a robot about that. Dr. Friedrich Gutz is with us, an assistant professor in social and personality psychology at the University of British Columbia. Thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so what did you ask this chatbot to do for you? I basically asked it to create a psychological questionnaire. Now, you need to know I'm a personality psychologist, so what I do in day-to-day life is I try to come up with good questions to ask people who they really are, because lots of things about us about who we are are not directly observable, so you need to ask good questions. And back in those days when I first encountered this artificial intelligence, I was like, you know what, maybe you could ask those questions for me. So that's where it all started. Why would you ask a robot if they could do your job, Dr. Gutz? Like, that's like asking to be replaced, isn't it? Only to some degree. Now, you know, one of the privileges of being a professor is that you have multiple jobs in one, right? You're a teacher, you're a researcher, you're part of the administration. I would not ask a robot to do all of those things. But this specific thing is something where a robot could help. So what I did is just to ask it, look, here's a question that I would usually ask, for example, to find out whether somebody is an extroverted person, you ask them, are you sociable? Do you enjoy going to parties? So I fed a few of those items that I would usually use into the robot and then said, generate more like this, ask similar questions. And I was surprised to see that nowadays these robots are actually smart enough to come up with their own unique questions that are no worse than what I would have asked myself as somebody who's had sufficient training to ask these kind of questions. Uh, Dr. Gutz, how did that make you feel? <laughs> well, uh, ambivalent. You know, I mean, if you, if you do this kind of thing, then you're asking for it, right? Like, like, you know, I knew that there was a possibility that it would be doing really well. Um, I was surprised by how well it did. And this is the predecessor of ChatGPT that's now making all those headlines. So bear in mind, this is already when we started this a few years back. Um, But this being said, these things are not perfect. Um, We see this all the time. Some of the responses don't make a lot of sense. They look really smart, but when you zoom in on it, it's not quite as amazing as it looks at first glance. So all in all, I feel pretty good about it. I think this is something that can complement our practices. I don't think it will replace them, and therefore I don't think it will replace me. Okay, and so what did you notice? Like, what about it surprised you? Was it more um, was it more kind of observant than you thought it was going to be? Actually, I think what surprised me about it is the breadth of output. So um, you should bear in mind with these things, they are trained on like heaps and heaps of text. Um, this thing alone that we used has been trained on 40 gigabytes of text. That means it has all this information. In many ways, it knows more than I do. And what surprised me is the connections it could make. So, you know, when I think about extroversion, the questions I might ask to determine whether somebody is extroverted, my own biased subjective perception of extroversion will influence the questions I ask. But a robot 
that doesn't have this bias, that has access to all these different ways of thinking about it, can ask much more diverse and broader questions than me. And that was something that actually really impressed me. This is so interesting. So what, what do you do now with this information? Do you help get it to help you out with your work? Um, I, I, wrote, I wrote an academic paper. That's, you know, that's what we do. I'm primarily to alert colleagues in my field to the opportunities that exist and to say, look, this is a cool tool. And I think it could make our lives easier in some ways. Um, at the same time, I also stress that, you know, I really believe in the importance of us maintaining the skills to do these things ourselves. I think that's, that's always a potential risk with technological right. advances. And so I also say that to my students. I say, look, it's good to know that this is out there, but it's also important that I teach you how to do it yourself. Because again, these robots still need human supervision. It's important that the person who deals with the output knows what a good question looks like. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, I think it's, it's important to stress that too. And I know that there's this effort being made to see if chatbots can actually make a connection with humans, right? Is that, is that possible, do you think? Make people feel more connected? Yeah, I think that's possible. I, I do think it's really important to, to be nuanced about this. Um, and when you talk to a psychotherapist, as, as I am these days, uh, many of them will tell you that, you know, it will not go as far as replacing them. And I think that's totally true. It will, you know, a chatbot will not be the same as you going to a psychotherapist, being in this office, having this very intimate personal interaction. But I think what we can see is that sometimes on a, on a more basic level, chatbots can feel pe make people feel less lonely. They, they can, you know, feel like you're talking to somebody. It can feel like you're maybe chatting with a friend. And so to the degree that that's helping people to feel a little better about themselves and their lives, I think, yeah, it can be helpful. So do you see you being able to use this or other people being able to use this, maybe ease some of your workload? Yeah, to some degree. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get my hopes up too much. Um, I think this is something that we see in history time and time again, when a big radical innovation hits society, people often think that, you know, it will change life as we know it in a fundamental way. And I don't think this is happening here either. Um, you know, that didn't happen when, when sort of, the radio came around when the TV came around. And I think the same is going to be here. It'll change some ways of how we do things, but ultimately we'll still go about our day-to-day -day life in similar ways as we have before. Right. Isn't there a danger here that we become too reliant on this kind of technology? Absolutely. And, and you know, that's, that goes back to the point I made earlier about what I tell my students. I think it's absolutely important for us to remember how to do these things ourselves and to not just blindly follow any kind of technology. I believe that technology can be helpful, but it's important that you know what you're doing um, and to use it right. And in the case of AI, also to use it ethically. I just can't believe how fast this has happened too, right? Whereas before nobody wanted to chat with somebody virtually because you could tell it was a robot. Now it feels like it's increasingly more difficult to figure out that that person you're talking to is a robot. I fully agree. Um, you know, I do think the, the pace of this innovation is mind boggling to to everybody I speak to and to myself as well. I wonder to some degree if the pandemic has accelerated our acceptance of these things, like, you know, it kind of forced all of us into a more virtual life um, for, for quite a long time. And maybe that has eased our acceptance for dealing with, uh, you know, fully digital environments, including artificial intelligence. But that's just a hunch. So interesting. Thank you so much for your time.
Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure this morning. Yeah, it was lots of fun. That's Dr. Friedrich Gutz, who's an assistant professor in social and personality psychology at the University of British Columbia. Thought he'd do a little experiment, see if a chatbot could do his job for him in terms of developing personality tests and, and questions, and turns out... It could surprised even him by what a great job that it actually did. I don't know if people are ready, though, to start, you know, using a chat bot for therapy. I think that might be a little bit step too far for some. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.